Welcome in to Tailgate. We're doing the final NFL preseason rookie recap. We're going to look at week three, some of the top performers from week three in the preseason. Our final look at these rookies before the NFL season. At the back end of the show, I interview Arkansas wide receiver Traylon Burks, currently PFF's wide receiver four in the 2022 NFL draft. Let's get it. Champaign, Illinois, but man, did they, it was a fantastic time. I had a fantastic time in Champaign, Illinois. I know you're originally from there, so you had some nostalgia as well, but that was the first time I went, and honestly, a lot of W's on that trip. Yeah, it was, it was a good kickoff, uh, learning experience in a number of ways, uh, but it was good to be back home, uh, see my high school, see my high school basketball coach, see some friends, whatnot. Uh, it, It was definitely a good weekend. Let's start with the highlights here. We're going to give the highlights, the lowlights, and then a final tailgate grade yes. for Champaign, Illinois. Highlights for me. Yeah. And if you do make the trip to Champaign, the first place you need to go, Cam's. <laughs> this bar is absolutely incredible. It's two stories. Yeah. It uh, very cheap alcohol, and it's it was absolutely loaded because there's like only like three or four bars in the city overall. Yeah, they have so they like downsized a lot of the bars for someone was trying to explain it to me. I don't know understand why. So the lines were just out of this world. But uh, Cam's it used to be I used to actually know the owner. It moved locations. The new location, in my opinion, is way better. The old location was a piece of shit. Uh, the floor was constantly sticky. The new one looks a lot, a lot nicer. So if you're if we're we're going to be rating. Best restaurant, best bar, and the tailgate scene in every city. And that, to me, was definitely the best bar in Cincinnati. Dude, in that, bar, right that bar was sweet. So they, a couple of cool things there. It's two stories. They were playing all the hits, all the hits. And also, they had that those blue guys and orange guys. So it's like yeah. cheap, cheap, cheap vodka with disgusting blue soda. I don't You couldn't get, like, Tito's if you tried. They yeah. didn't even have that. No. So. But then you could ice it out. So why the floor is sticky and why the floor is like kind of like a, it was like a swamp is that you can ice out the blue guys is where they hand you the full drink and then you take the ice out and then you and chug you it. Put it on the floor. And yeah. you just drop the ice on the floor. Like the they entire floor of the bar is water. It was uh, it was a good time. It was definitely a college bar. Other highlights, El Toro. You got the biggest margarita I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it was 16 bucks. I, I thought it was going to be uh, the Jumbo mar- or the Monster Margarona. It was probably half a fifth of tequila in that. It was yeah. I should not have gotten that. And then the final highlight, Illinois facilities, man. We got to tour the basketball facilities and the football facilities, ran some routes, threw some passes, shot some threes. Their football facility is top-notch. Recently redone, uh, trying to compete with the big dogs, obviously you got to. Nowadays, you got to have that. Was I was impressed by that. For no, sure. it was, and this is going to be the first year. So they redid it in 2019, the football facilities. And this is going to be their first opportunity to really use it and leverage it because obviously COVID impacted yeah, you know, those recruiting. guys' ability to hang out and stuff. But they got a bowling alley, ping pong. I mean, they had everything. This was a very, very sick um, facility. They had a putt-putt for the recruits. Yeah. A little mini putt-putt that's themed off of Illinois football. We didn't get a chance to... Get the links going, but it, w- it was a good time. Uh, Lowlights, could you kick us off with one? Yeah, I ended up. I try. I walked back to the hotel from the bar because I my watch and my phone had died, and I was going to get something to eat, and I couldn't get back in because I was in the line was so long. I'm like, oh, I'll just walk back. Uh, two and a half hours later, I, I ended up back home. 
It's pretty brutal. 10 mile walk. Thought you had a stress fracture. How's it put now? My foot's a lot better. I definitely don't have a stress fracture, but it was fun. <laughs> it was a terrible decision. Then I think the other low light for me is just overall the tailgate scene was a bit tame. It was tame. It's that's, that's what I've, like I was saying, I'm like, the students go to bars there. Mm-hmm. It's a weird scene where before the game, after the game, they were at the bars instead of out in the open drinking their own alcohol, which is like every other place on earth. So yeah. that was kind of tame. It was definitely an older crowd. Like yeah. the, everyone, all the younger people are at the bars prepping for the game, maybe not even going. But the students actually kind of went off. Yeah. It was a good time. Um, final grade here. Okay. Final PFF grade here. Okay. But Between which, cams. Black Dog, the barbecue, which was solid. It's no, it's no Austin barbecue. It's no KC barbecue. I give that barbecue like a six out of ten. It was solid enough. And the tailgating, I went seventy-seven point four PFF grade. Yeah, I think I thought, you know, I, I kept trying to put myself in cams that bar again in like 81, 82. But when you think about the actual tailgate tailgate scene, I think you have to come down to a seventy-seven. I think I, I think anywhere between seventy-six and seventy-nine. Feels good. Feels right yeah. to me. So seventy seven point four. You'll have a good time. time. You'll yeah, have, you'll a, good have time. a good time. I would definitely go back. I would yeah. definitely go back. And I think we might. It might be an annual trip. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, I also got to shout out Brett Bielema. I mean Brett Bielema, year one, the Bielema era. We saw him at the facilities briefly. Yeah. Gave, wished him good luck, and that's when we knew Illinois upset was afoot. <laughs> plus two hundred five on the money line, and they were plus seven. If you didn't take that, I told you two weeks ago, Bielema was coming. All right, let's catch an early buzz here. Jaguar, we got tagged in this, what, like two or three times? Jaguars yeah. coach in the preseason, ripping some smelling salts, which you love to see. It was, it looked like out of a water bottle, crushed up about four or five mm. of those, you know, ammonia inhalants and just went to town. And his reaction was, it's what, it's what you have to do. You yeah. can't, can't, your face can't stay normal for the one to two <laughs> seconds after that hits your nostrils if you've never done it. You have to do some smelling salts. I mean, if you're not doing smelling salts before your podcast, what are you even doing? All right, Gardner Minshew to the Eagles for a conditional sixth-round pick. I'll have the take. Was Gardner Minshew the reason why Trevor Lawrence was struggling the first two games, preseason games? Maybe, maybe. Was he with bad vibes going out? Was it, or could Trevor the Lawrence pressure. not handle the competition? The pressure. Maybe, that, maybe that's the take. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't see why they had to move on from him, especially for what, a sixth? Is it made that, no sense. Yeah, It was sixth. less than what he got drafted for. Um, and, and he's everyone and their mother would agree he outplayed any expectations you would have for a pick that low. Um, competent enough backup, those guys go for up to like $10 million on the open market a lot of times. So that to me, it feels like it should have been worth more than that. But yeah, I, I do. If there was some, I obviously don't know what was going on behind the scenes, but Minshew probably unhappy. He's been on obviously pining for a starting job. So if that wasn't going to be the case there, he probably wanted out. I think I could see Gardner pushing for it, yeah. But I don't know why the why the Jags would even do it for just a conditional six. That doesn't make. I mean, social. I said this when it happened. Social media content alone, Gardner Mitchell is worth more than a fucking conditional sixth. Like they, I I don't know, man. I don't think it made a ton of sense um, for the Jags to do that. Even if Gardner's like, come on, trade me, trade me. It's like, no, you're just staying here. You're a backup to Trevor Lawrence. That's yeah. that's life. And honestly, I don't know why he wants to go to Philly anyway. And, and yeah, it's like, is he gonna unseat? You serve Jalen Hurts here real quick. He no. just doesn't have time. I, I don't know. And then so. the Eagles are going to be picking a new quarterback anyway, again, in 2022 so, yeah. or 2023. He's maybe yeah. the good luck shock. Maybe the Eagles want him to get the number one overall pick. Oh. That's how it works. I like that. I like that. Uh, last thing here. Deshaun Watson reportedly a front runner to go. Or no, Miami's a front runner to land Deshaun Watson. <sighs> that makes – I mean, obviously, talent-wise – 
Yes, it makes sense. You would want, with that roster, you, you would love to have Deshaun Watson's talent. But with his obviously 20-plus sexual assault allegations against him, combined with the fact that Tua actually fucking looks good. Yeah. Tua's look good. We haven't really talked about because we've been focusing on the rookies, but we're going to go through some guys after, some non-rookies on the next show. Uh, and Tua's looked, I don't want to say night and day compared to last year, but basically the good we saw from him last year has been sustained over two games and through the preseason. Obviously, he sat this past weekend against the Bengals. But that's, like, when you draft a guy number five overall, you're thinking he could be Deshaun Watson in time. And from what we've seen from Tua, obviously he's not Deshaun Watson level right now, but, like, could be in time. So the the rush here to move on from him seems a little premature with all the, everything considered, I'll just say. Do you think there's fire here or just smoke? Because I think a lot of people are, you know, you haven't seen the big dogs talk about it. Obviously, the big dogs being like Rapport, Schefter. They're not hinting a ton at Miami being like a legitimate landing spot for him. Do you think there's fire here? Or is it I just think it's just smoke. I would be floored if any of this actually came to fruition here. Fair enough. I, I think from, from Miami's perspective, I don't see why it would be worth the risk. Three first-round picks is what is, you know, apparently being offered without knowing the suspension, the legal, like all, it just yeah. doesn't make a ton of sense. Like, I don't know why any team is willing to take that risk unless they know something we don't about Deshaun Watson's allegations and how the yeah. NFL is going to respond. Like, does, does any team in the NFL know if he's going to be on the exempt list or suspended? Does anyone know anything? And no. if they don't, I don't see why any trades would be going through. It would be interesting. It would be interesting. There's smoke right now. We'll see if there's fire. Uh, before we get to our top rookie performers, I have to bring up, uh, you know, I talk a little bit about the Illinois money line. Plus 205, I bet it in Indiana on the drive to Champaign. The NFL is back on DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving all new players a can't-miss offer for week one. Bet just $1 on any NFL game during the first week of the season and receive $200 in free bets instantly. No matter what, take advantage of this limited-time offer. Now you heard it right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any week one game. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out their great promotions and daily odds boosts. Plus, you can make every game a big game with same game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF to receive $200 in free bets when you place $1 on any week one game. That's promo code PFF to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook app for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana. 1-800-9-WITH-IT. I do feel that DraftKings UI and UX on the way on my phone as we were grinding through the Indiana Drive was perfection. I was so upset because we get to Illinois and I'm like, oh, cool. We'll be better in Illinois. Gambling's legal. No, you have to go to a sports book to sign up. So they're like, oh, yeah, just go to St. Louis or East St. Louis real quick and sign up at the DraftKings Sportsbook there. And I'm like, okay, this was – thank you for wasting my time. <laughs> Online sports betting, the only way to go. All right, start with uh, your first your first top performer here. You have Kyle Pitts on yes. two plays. <laughs> he finally played. Two plays he played for the Falcons. And the highlight went all over on Twitter. The little crossing route, dump off, and then he just like blazes past the linebacker, runs – through two dudes for like five more yards, uh, basically saying, yeah, I, I'm still Kyle Pitts. The guy you saw at Florida, this is why I was number four overall pick. It was 
It was just hashtag fun to watch. Well, why do you think they waited to play him for so long? Are they just trying to preserve him? I would imagine, yes, because you would still like him to get up to speed and like in-game blocking and those sort of things. But I think his health right now a little more important than those things. What do you ultimately see? A lot of people are projecting him to have the you know first thousand yard season since you know Dick Buckus. Dick or Buckus, whatever. baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. over a thousand yards. Lock it in. Not lock it in, but it's like Calvin Ridley, he's going to – he's obviously going to get the bulk of the targets there. But Julio Jones has big shoes, big targets to replace. Mm-hmm. Those, in my opinion, I don't know all of them, but the vast majority will be going to Cal Pitts. And like even role-wise, he can be used like used Julio Jones because that's what he did at Florida too. The next guy on our list is, is not a big name, not as big of a name as Kyle Pitts, but Royce Newman. Yes. Guard for the Green Bay Packers, rookie out of Ole Miss, has been unreal, specifically this pat specifically as a run blocker, you know, through the preseason so far, a ninety point five PFF run blocking grade. He's played eighty two snaps this preseason as a ninety one point eight PFF grade, second behind Mac Jones among rookies with ninety three with at least sixty plus offensive snaps. This is this guy's been really good. And you look at this past game against Buffalo, getting to the second level with ease. He looks like he's been playing for a long time. Talk more about Royce Newman. Well, he has. It looks like he's been playing guard for a long time is the crazy thing because he was played mostly tackle at Ole Miss, but he's was a high-level athlete, tested extremely well coming out. Um, and we were talking about Packers, O-line, maybe taking a step back. We didn't love the Josh Myers picking round two. You lose Corey Lindsley, David Bakhtiari. Is he going to be healthy week one? Is he not? Who knows? But that interior could be or just could be not as good as it was last year. Well, Royce Newman looks like he's probably going to win one of those guard jobs after this. And he said, hasn't allowed to pressure this preseason. Looks like the part as a run blocker for sure. Packers, hats off to them. Their offensive line development has been top notch over the past decade or so. I do think that um, the, you kicking in him into guard has obviously helped him a ton. Obviously, yeah. was never projected to play like tackle, but as an athlete, and you kind of see that athleticism show up specifically as a run blocker. What's your uh, what's your take on this Packers offensive line? You think it's going to be that big of a downgrade now? I don't think it, I. I think I've seen him. Obviously, you can expect some sort of progression from an Elkton Jenkins going into year three. That's what we talk about. Year three is yeah. the year that guys break out. So. And that would even – if Jenkins improves, he's all pro, pro bowl, you know, probably second best left guard in the NFL sort of level if he does. So, yeah, I think it's still going to be a touch of a step back, but not enough to where it's really going to make a massive impact on what that offense looks like. Finally, after a terrible well, – not a terrible start, but it was definitely, you know, not not – Number one overall pick levels of start for Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence showed up, and he dropped some absolute seeds in this game against Dallas. He had um, a deep ball down the right side to number 13. He had another one in the end zone. that He just makes everything look so fucking easy. Everything's just so smooth, so easy. And um, I think there were some probably some panic buttons being hit around Trevor Lawrence, especially with you know when he in that game where he got hit like 16 times or whatever it was. This game against a back, you know, backups for the Dallas Cowboys, of course. Backup was already a, a you know a rough defense in Dallas, but still looked apart for the first time probably this preseason. Yeah, my favorite throw was not the one that got or the two I guess that got pumped out over all social media. The, the deep ball was gorgeously placed right on the sideline, right where you would want to keep the defender at bay. But it was one, it was right at the, towards the end of the first quarter, a minute six left. He kind of he's looking off to his left and. Senses pressure right up the middle. It's pretty quick pressure right up the middle. 
and his eyes immediately go back to the middle, dig route before the guy even breaks open. That was just, that's the guy we saw at Clemson. The guy who, once he sensed pressure, immediately knew where his dump off was, where his safety valve was, and hitting it perfectly on time. That, like you said, it makes it look easy. And that's, that looked like the guy we saw at Clemson. 90, what, 93.1 grade in that, or 93.0 grade in that one. It was. Yeah, I was against Cowboys defense, but it was pretty damn good. Yeah, he delivers that ball as he's getting hit. He even comes out a little fluttery, but he moved off LaVisca, who's like blanketed on that yeah. play. So then going to catch the dig there, that was a, that was a very impressive throw. Um, moving forward on our top rookies here, going to Chris Evans, Bengals running back. He There was one, one short yards play where I felt like he ran right into the back of his offensive line, but outside of that, there was a handful of really, really impressive plays for Chris Evans. It's the receiver aspect. I mean, he might be... Oh, yeah. The best him, he he might be the best rookie receiver, like pure receiving ability at the running back position in this class. And you don't see a lot of guys, 5'11", 216 pounds, that can win one-on-one. And he's going up against Duke Raleigh from the slot and just toasted him. Five yards of separation, like a massive window for, was that Brandon Allen at the time? I, yeah, I can't remember exactly which quarterback it was for the Bengals at that time, but a ton of separation. And that's that's what you worry about when Joe Mixon comes off field is like, can I use a guy or Joe Mixon's, you know, give him a breather. Can I use a guy who can replace his full skill set? Do I have to be worried about, you know, is the guy limited in any sort of way? I don't think Chris Evans is going to be like Chris Evans is going to be able to replicate the things Joe Mixon can do in the passing game. And that's, that's why I said he's going to see some touches by the end of the year. I think he's going to have a role in this Bengals offense. Yeah, that was a seed also from Allen, whoever that was at quarterback. But still, Chris Evans just roast Duke Riley at the line. He was open instantly. He was open instantly yeah. on that play. I thought that was a receiver at first, and then found out it was Chris Evans You know, split out into the slot. So that was another impressive rookie performance. That's going to cap off the offensive players we have here. We're going to also, like uh, Mike alluded to on, on the Tuesday episode, or, or I guess the Wednesday episode, we're going to look at the preseason as a whole and highlight the preseason or 2021 NFL preseason team um, to, to look at some of the even – beyond the rookies. Natani Muti, by the way, f- former Fresno State, former PFF legend, looking pretty damn good for the Broncos mm. right now. He's great and well. We'll have to talk about him as well. Um, but defensively, Quiddy Pay, oh my gosh, just roasting backup offensive linemen for the Detroit Lions on the right side there. He had a very impressive sack and has played well all preseason. Yeah, so 32 snaps this preseason for the Colts. 94.2 overall grade so far. I guess so far, that's it. It's 94.2 overall grade in preseason. Can't do much better on uh, the snaps than he did. Now, obvious caveat, Tyrell Crosby, Dan Skipper, that's who he's going up against for the Detroit Lions this past weekend. Those guys are not starters, but backups play in the NFL tackle too. You're not going up against uh, David Bakhtiari every game. Yeah. Sometimes David Bakhtiari tears an ACL and you're going up against backup. So that is... You, you still have to beat up on those guys if you're going to be the elite player. And the fact that Cody Pay is doing it so easily, seemingly, already, when he was seen by some as a project. Like, that was kind of his MO, or he was at least a guy who was... He wasn't finished. Finished. So he wasn't, he wasn't going to be Nick Bosa. Mm-hmm. He wasn't going to be even Chase Young. But is looking like goddamn Chase Young right out the gate here, at least in the preseason. <laughs> yeah. And well, Skipper's helping them that, too. But uh, yeah. while we're on that game, that play, Panay Sewell also... Beat a bit. It was oh. a deep drop back. Talk about that play. What, what, where's your okay. head out there? That so that's one of those that we at PFF talk about that gets you 
I was telling you this. When you're on a drop back pass a concept, a normal non-play uh, action, basically the setup spot for a quarterback. A quarterback is supposed to get to between seven and eight yards directly behind the center. That is where the offensive line sets up to block. They do not. They are looking forward. They're not looking backwards. So when you're sitting at nine yards, ten yards as a quarterback or you're way up in the pocket or way off a hash and the ball is on the hash or way way off left or right. Offensive linemen can't do anything. They, they, they have It is difficult to even protect to that one little minuscule circle, seven to eight yards behind the, behind the center. It's even more difficult when that circle grows exponentially when mm-hmm. the quarterback's moving off that spot. So dropping <clears throat> to 10 yards is just, as an offensive tackle, you are not going to be able to like that's where you're trying to block that guy. Yeah, so yeah, when yeah. quit, so when Penny Sewell in that game has a guy riding them to ten yards right into the quarterback's lap, well, it's like he didn't, he had no fucking clue the quarterback's supposed to be there. So that one I'm not going to ding him to, but he still looks very uncomfortable there on the right side. So, yeah, so, I mean, he just his set depth is a mess. It just really is. So far this preseason, the second lowest graded offensive rookie, and a lot of that I think speaks to, I mean, I think multiple people have said it, including us, just some level of uncomfortability uh, at right tackle so far. All right, Christian Barmore, your guy from the New England Patriots, another top performer from week three. Yes, came back in this one. Hasn't played a ton this preseason, played this past past week against Philly, or played two weeks ago against Philly, and then this past week. Um, Looked like that dude as a pass rusher. Bull rush, swim move, like he was putting on what we saw at Alabama. Now, in the run game, he's still not your classic two-gapper. He still prefers penetrating. He still will get moved at times. But, man, for, for a guy that had there's so few DTs that can actually impact the passing game. There's so few DTs that have that level of juice and that just kind of the body type to do so. And for him to fall in the second round with that, I think the Patriots, their draft is looking like, I mean, A++ at the moment. If you're just going based off of preseason returns, they've gotten about as good as anyone in the NFL this year. I feel, I mean, we've talked about the Patriots so much because they've been, you know, one of the highest. We've talked about them as um, one of the biggest improvers this offseason in free agency and in the draft. And I think Mac Jones, highest graded player among all offensive rookies so far this year. You know, there's some, there's some talk that he might start week one. They're still working on that decision. But regardless, I think they do have two talented quarterbacks on the roster and a very improved roster with what they added in free agency and in the draft. This is going to be a very competitive AFC East. I, I've talked about a lot about. Dolphins, I mean, if they add Deshaun Watson and he plays, it's a different conversation. But even with Tua Tungabailoa, if he sees the improvement that we've seen this preseason, they're going to be a much better team. Josh Allen and the Bills are the favorites. I think the Patriots are obviously a super improved team. And the Jets aren't going to be as big of a doormat as they were last year. Yeah. I think it's going to be a very competitive AFC East. We'll see if maybe two or three playoff teams come out of that division. Yeah, right. the, we'll, we'll, we're obviously going to touch on it when we do our divisional previews here over the next week and a half. But the parity right now in some of these divisions is – it's, I feel like it's at almost at an all-time high in terms of just like there's not a lot of teams going into this season with just no hope whatsoever. Yeah. Well, outside of Texans. Well, that's why. <laughs> there's not a lot. There are still some. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Those, those, they'll always be there. Yeah. Uh, Joshua Kando for the Kansas City Chiefs, 81.2 PFF grade this past this past week. Also played a ton of snaps, 57 snaps uh, this past week. Had a very impressive, strong performance for a Chiefs defensive line that is looking for more help outside of Chris Jones. I was going to say, they, they need edge help in a 
bad way because they're literally playing Chris Jones on the edge this year to alleviate that because they had no one else because Frank Clark has not been getting the job done and they have no one else who can actually impact quarterback across from him, kind of one of their Achilles heels last year. Kane Dode, obviously, week three preseason, a lot of it came in the third, fourth quarter, but his length, flexibility, like he was consistently resetting the line of scrimmage on the edge in that game this past week against Minnesota. He said played 57 snaps, three pressures. He's not going to be that guy right now. I don't think year one you're expecting him to actually be that contributor. You're still going to play Chris Jones off the edge. He's not going to just replace that. But for a guy who can take rotational snaps and grow with his physical tools to see any sort of signs of promise is very encouraging for Chiefs fans. And lastly, for this list, J.C. Horn. Uh, Carolina Panthers cornerback rookie out of South Carolina rounding out our top performers list. Yes, very his stat line this preseason reminiscent of kind of what we saw at South Carolina. Oh, five targets, no catches. Now, some of those because of off-target passes. It's not like he's breaking up all of them. Only really has one true pass breakup. That came this past week on a, a kind of a hitch to chase Claypool, breaks it up at the catch point, but had another one that Probably would have been broken up if it was an on-target pass. It came downhill on a nice play. So after the hand-wringing when Patrick Sertan had the massive you know, first preseason game, and it's like, ooh, did we make the wrong decision? Did we not? And eh, J.C. Horn's probably still pretty damn good, too. Yeah, both those cornerbacks playing well so far this preseason, which is opposite to what we saw from rookies know, last right? year. This is it's nice. What's crazy is when you don't have an offseason full of Zoom classes, you're able to actually Yeah, you, know, you play football. Yeah, you might, Usually that helps you play football better. <laughs> you might put in the work. All right. Moving to our fun to read segment, fun to watch, watch, cake your pants, rookie of the week. Before we do that, gonna give a shout out to, of course, our sponsor here, Homefield Apparel, a new partner of the Tailgate Podcast, um, Homefield Apparel is a premium collegiate clothing brand out of Indianapolis, incredibly comfortable, efficiently licensed, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. Homefield is in the middle of Big New Saturday, Season 2, where they launch a new school collection every Saturday at 12 p.m. Eastern for 16 weeks straight. They just recently released Georgia, Wisconsin, and Florida, but this Saturday we've got the Boise State Broncos. I'm wearing the Vols tee right now. I like the crewnecks a lot. Homefield Apparel is legendary. If you don't go to Homefield Apparel today and look for your school and get some gear, you're making you're taking an L. And you should do it with the promo code. Promo code PFF to get 15% off your first purchase at homefieldapparel.com. That is promo code PFF for 15% off. Get ready for college football tailgate season. Fun to watch, or no, this is our fun to read here. And this one comes from the courtesy of Pro Football Talk. This is, um, if you haven't seen this tweet yet... <laughs> If the Jaguars are telling the truth about a QB controversy between Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew, and it's unclear whether they are, maybe they should have taken Zach Wilson. That was tweeted on August 23rd. After two preseason games. After two preseason games, and I am upset. I'm physically hurting reading that. That's what I like to call, you know, you've heard of the thirst traps, where you're looking for thirsty members of whatever, whatever sexual preference you're into. That's what I call an engagement trap mm-hmm. where he just, he knows people are going to interact with that quote tweets replies. He knows it's just going to go out there and get talked about because it's just so outland two preseason games. And you're saying, Oh, maybe they should have taken Zach Wilson. That's, and they trade Gardner Minshew for a six-round pick like a couple days later. Like, yeah. And then Trevor Lawrence lights it on fire, looks better than probably in that game than I've seen any other of the quarterbacks look in any preseason game. So it's like 
maybe maybe we just chill on sweeping judgments after any preseason games. It was it's sad. It's a sad state of affairs over there. That was not that was not great. And it's like and it's not it, it doesn't matter if it was I Erwin Meyer was just doing a very college approach to the quarterback position, like not naming a starter, not naming a starter, and then doing yeah. it. Yeah. <clears throat> and I bet you he wouldn't have even done it. He wouldn't even name the starter if you know the obviously brass wasn't pushing a Trade Gardner Minshew. Of course, yeah. they're naming the starter now. It's not going to be whoever. I don't even know who their third stringer is. I don't know who yeah. their third stringer is. Um, all right. Now, our fun to watch watch segment. So, fun to read is always going to be reading a tweet that's going to be outlandish, as outlandish as pro football talk. Fun to watch watch is a new segment where we're going to look for tweets, latest tweets from notable names saying fun to watch or tweeting out fun to watch. And guess what? <laughs> PFF Sam is all about it. He's got three fun-to-watch tweets in the last, like, ten days. <laughs> this guy is literally enjoying himself better than anyone in football right now. This I'm is, who we, this is exactly who we're – the demo we're going at, we're going after when we say hashtag fun-to-watch. It's the, it's the non-take-take. It's, it's incredible. We're just saying fun-to-watch about a player just means you're watching football, basically. Here we go. August 20th, Sam Monson. Jared Patterson is fun-to-watch run the ball. Can't disagree with that. You can't. You can't disagree with that. August 23rd, Sam Monson. This one's my favorite. Can I say this one's my favorite? Yeah. The high-end plays from Jordan Love are so fun to watch. (laughs) The highlights. The highlights are fun to watch. I do agree. Highlights are fun to watch. I'm all about it. I I, I honestly think the high-end plays of any player in the NFL are fun to watch. Yeah. We should... We should... Find players that aren't that fun to watch. Yeah, we need we guys need who just aren't like. I'd Even rather they best. didn't play football. I'd rather they just sit on the sidelines. All right, cabbing this off. Last one from Sammy Monts. Tyler Huntley is having a hell of a game so far. Dude's fun to watch. Hmm. Couldn't agree more. He did have a hell of a game. Yeah, he graded really well. Yeah. Really, really well. So many people in this one are replying, fun to watch, fun to watch. <laughs> everyone's, everyone's on it. Everyone's on the gig. It's freaking incredible. Uh, all jokes aside, Sam, we agree with you. I mean, it's not like we're disagreeing. We definitely agree that he is fun to watch. Make sure you tag us. If you see anyone who's just abusing the fun, fun to, to watch. watch, make sure you tag us so we can get this on the segment here. Um, your, I still hate the name of the segment, the kick your pants moment of the week. Please tell me what it was. It's my favorite moment of the week. I'm sitting on my couch this Sunday, this past Sunday, watching our Bengals. I had, I had all, I'd forgotten, completely forgotten it was a home game. I go to walk my dog, and there's like a zillion people outside my place. I'm like, oh, shit. This is – why did I do this? And it was very hot, and I just had to drive four hours back from Champaign, Illinois, not not feeling great. And then Reed Sinette, who – Got to be honest, did not watch his tape at San Diego coming out. Did not know who this guy was, truthfully, uh, before a little earlier this year. Throws a Hail Mary to win the game against the Bengals. It was it was pretty classic Bengals if it were the regular season. It just felt like that deserved, like that's what Cincinnati kind of sports is all about right there. Just losing Getting, on a disaster. Losing to Reed Sinet on a Hail Mary. On a fourth and 15 Hail Mary. It was pretty uh, it was pretty. You kicked my pants. Yeah, you had an honorable mention as well. Yeah, JJ Arcega Whiteside, Arcega Whiteside, excuse me, had a dope ass TD. And he may not even make the Eagles, but <laughs> when I saw that, it was I was a scramble drill, and then he turns up field, and then he mosses the corner, breaks a tackle, goes in the end zone. You love yeah. to see it. That was, if, if that's all we get from JJ Arcega Whiteside, it was worth it. <clears throat> I'm struggling over here. I don't know what's going on. Um, rookie of the week, Trevor Lawrence. This is the easiest one. I mean, he had. A surgical 
performance against the Dallas Cowboys. I'm really this has been this is what the Jaguars fans wanted. Yeah, they wanted in week one, week two, but this was the this was the week they're like, okay, this is what Trevor Lawrence is, as we kind of said already. Yeah. He's at ninety three point overall grade. Really I mean not a bad play. The one the one incompletion he had was right in the breadbasket, kind of broken up from behind. But not like really not a play on his tape where it was like and eh, that could get better. No, it's like that was lights out football. Not only twelve dropbacks, but that was lights out football. Blackout of the week performance you'd like to forget. It what it didn't happen in Champagne, but <laughs> you know, it happened. Nation Wright in that same game, targeted eight times, six receptions for 110 yards and a touchdown. He bit on I mean, a double move. Yeah. About as hard as you can possibly bite on a double move. It was missed a tackle as well. Uh Cowboys third round corner. He's just going to be a roller coaster like that. He is a unique body type at 6'4", 180 coming out for a cornerback. So he is going to either completely stuff you at the line mm. with that length or just completely like body you. Or if you get any separation from him at all off line of scrimmage, he's toast because he just does not have – he had one of the weirdest athletic profiles you'll ever see with just like the worst 10 split for a cornerback uh, in our database history. For a draft cornerback, it was like the guy has a has a odd body type. I just don't see how he's. I don't see how you can keep him out. He just he's too limited in scope to where there's like not a role that's going to completely hide all of his sort of weaknesses. And in the honorary blackout, unfortunate, but Jamar Chase another job. You, dude, where is his head at right now? I, I mean, just mentally, he's dropped his last four passes. Dropped three a couple weeks ago. One, and it was a bubble screen. It, it was not like, oh, it, it was it, you standing in front of a jugs machine and letting it clang off your hands. And I think they called that play to give him an easy Just a little confidence. Didn't they, didn't they not? Yeah, it was a very first drive. It was from Joe Burrow, who played his first snaps of the preseason. It was like, here you go, buddy. Here's like a layup. It was like a layup line that they just gave him, and he blows it. It was pretty tough. God damn it. It was it was hashtag not fun to watch. That's that's terrible to watch. I don't know what what do you obviously like okay, where are you at on the panic button? No, I'm, I'm not at all. No, not at all. He so his drop rate for his career at LSU was like eight percent. That's not that it's not he never had it was not Larry Fitzgerald. That's not how he was billed. Yeah. Coming out. No one's like, oh, he's never gonna drop a pass. But he is quickly – he's in the quicksand. He's in the mix. I think I tweeted out he's me standing over a three-foot putt. And it's because, like, the confidence is just all-time low. But it, that can very rapidly change with oh, yeah. one big game. And if you uh, caught that bubble screen and took it to the house, I think we'd be fine. Yeah. And it's, again, important to remember, at this time last year, Justin Jefferson was not a starter. Justin Herbert was not a starter. There were guys who had – very, very average to below average preseasons or unencouraging preseasons that then went on to have great rookie years. So panic buttons, panic buttons happen week eight, week nine. That's when you can hit the panic button on like a Jeffrey Okuda and whatnot and be like, oh shit, this might not be great, but don't hit any right now. One route, one target, one drop. You hate to see it from Jamar Chase. That's going to do it for this portion of the show. Now we're going to jump to an interview with Arkansas wide receiver Traylon Burks. 
Now joining the Tailgate Podcast is current Arkansas wide receiver Traylon Burks. Traylon, it is great to have you on the show. I think everyone in the country expects big things from you this season. You're one of the best wide receivers returning to college football in 2021. Really appreciate your time. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. Where I really like to start is honestly, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, you're bit, you know, six foot three, two twenty five. Last year, you played. You were talking to me a little bit earlier. You played last year at what six foot three, two thirty. You dropped five. Now you're at a nice, mean two twenty five. What went into that decision to kind of lose some of that weight? And what are you seeing now that you are playing at that weight? Some more explosives, some more, you know, more quicks. How's that all going? Honestly, you know, I just a couple of my teammates were just, you know, they all nagged on me like, "Dude, you're heavy, you're a little heavy," and all this. <laughs> And I was just like, you know what, I'm a, they helped me lose weight. Strength staff helped me lose weight. So, you know, I, I said, you know, 225 be a good range to play at. And I feel good at it. Any changes in the diet? I remember talking to Joe Tryon last year, the Washington Edge, who changed his diet a ton to drop weight. Did you just do more weight room or was there a diet change as well? Uh, yeah, I just, I really just cut down on what I was eating. Like, so like smaller proportions of what I was eating, you know, and just always kept working out and, you know, it dropped for me. The other thing I find interesting about you know, your role at Arkansas is you do play this kind of big slot role at Arkansas. Even though you have the physical tools, the explosiveness, the size to dominate on the outside against outside corners, especially press man, you know, Arkansas loves to use you in the slot. Do you imagine – well, first, you know, talk to me about how much you like playing in that role and what advantages it gives you, and then we'll kind of get into maybe playing more on the outside and if you have, if you have plans to do that in 2021. Um, honestly, you know, I just – I just play wherever they put me, you know, and I just, you know, I give it my best. And uh, just from playing that position, you know, it's a big, it's a lot of, you know, advantages that I have on certain linebackers and nickels, nickelbacks. And uh, obviously it's my speed, my height, you know, my weight. And, you know, it just helps me out, helps my team out also. And do you expect to kind of play a similar role this season? I think I saw less than 80 snaps on the outside this past season or the past few seasons. Do you plan to play a little bit more on the outside? What have coaches told you? Um, well, you know, some stuff I can't say. Just fair enough. Like fair enough. Season, you know, so you know, I guess y'all get to see. You know, so I'm not. I'm not gonna spoil it, but. It's going to be a good year, is all I can say, for the Arkansas Razorbacks. I'm sure everyone's looking forward to seeing it, for sure. What, what position – I didn't even look into this, but what position did you play in high school? Did you play both sides of the ball? Was it just receiver? How was your, what was your utilization like in high school? Honestly, I really played everywhere. I was the punter, the quarterback here and there, running back. I played outside linebacker, uh, safety some, so – it was really everywhere. I'll say this, man. I think the best players in college football play everything in high school, so that does not surprise me. Going specific yeah. to this upcoming season, you know, Arkansas is obviously making a decent transition away from Felipe Franks to Jefferson here. What's, what's your current relationship with the new quarterback under center there at Arkansas? Um, well, so a lot of people don't know, but uh, when we first got here, KJ and I, you know, we were roommates. You know, they the school put us together in the dorms, and so we established that relationship real quick. You know, that's like my blood brother now, honestly. And, you know, uh, it really didn't change from him to him from Felipe. It was just the experience that Felipe had upon him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was a good thing to have Franks. You know, I love that dude, too. But, you know, KJ, that's my dog right there. So, you know, we're going to ball out. You know, working with him this offseason as you prepare, you know, for 2021, what have been some of the key differences or even improvements you've seen from KJ Jefferson over the course of his Arkansas career? And then also, what are some of the key differences between his play style, his, you know, approach, his philosophy to Felipe Franks? Uh, honestly, KJ, he's uh, become a, a big leader. You know, he stepped up to that role knowing that he's the, you know, the number one quarterback for us. And uh, so, 
you know, that's that's good on that part. And then just the philosophy with him and Franks, you know, you could just watch how uh, KJ would watch, you know, Franks practice and, you know, how he went about his business and practice how he threw the ball, like what he did to better himself. And you can tell that KJ mentored that. And now, you know, he's doing the same thing that Franks, is, that Franks did here. And so, you know, that was just a big jump in, that our team has seen so far. Obviously, practicing with Jefferson has to be great, but also going against that loaded Arkansas secondary, a ton of talent at Arkansas, specifically right. at defensive back. One of my favorites. I know you're one of my favorites to watch too, Traylon, but honestly, you turn on that Arkansas tape, Jalen Catalan plays like a bat out of hell. How much does that show up in practice? What is he like on and off the field? Yeah, honestly, I ain't going to lie to you. All of them like a bat out of hell. You know, <laughs> going across the middle, you, know, you got to watch out for him. Grant Morgan, Bummer Poole, you know, um, Greg, Greg, um, damn, I forget his last name every time. Yeah, Greg Brooks, um, Buster Brown, Joe Fouché, all of them, you know. And but Catalan, you know, it's just a, it's a different vibe just to see how he'll hit somebody in the game yeah. and knock them out, knock them out cold, you know. So yeah, it's 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 like sometimes when I go across the middle, you know, I'm always like, all right, where the where the hell is Catalan at, you know? So. Stand on my P's and Q's. I think, I think you're not the only receiver that thinks that, man. That guy hits. <laughs> that guy hits hard. He comes over the middle. Uh, he's gonna be one. Of the, you know, it's a really good you know safety group coming into college football. He's another one of those big pieces there in your right. career. Maybe it, at Arkansas or at against other teams. Who would you say? Obviously, playing in the SEC, you go against a lot of tough cornerbacks. Who is the toughest, or maybe one of the toughest matchups you've ever had? Honestly, um, to be honest with you, I treat every game like you know that's the best nickel or cornerback I'm fixing to go against. So. Yeah. I really don't treat him no different. You know, I go out there with this perspective of, you know, he's a, you know, he's a baller. I'm a baller. It's just the best is going to win. You know what I mean? So that's just how I treat it. I have an, I, for my next question here, I have a, I think what I know what your answer is going to be after that, but what, is there a matchup or a game or a defense you're looking to go against the most? Is there something you're, you know, one of these games on the schedule you're most excited to go to or, or, or play in this year? Honestly, you know, I just, I'm not, I'm just the type of person. I just take a game at a time. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, I just treat them all the same. Like, I mean, the biggest yeah. difference, honestly, is going to be just how, how loaded these stadiums are going to be. You're going to be yeah, on the road with rowdy fans after, you know, a year off of that. And also, obviously, at Arkansas, home right. fans back. That's going to be a treat to see. Now, looking at other, you know, receivers in college football, in the SEC and college football in general, you know, you're compared among the best. But what do you feel, from a strengths perspective, separates you from some of these other big names in college football? Um, honestly, like, being able to run as fast as I can with the size that I have, you know, the weight that I'm running with and honestly playing in the best conference, the SEC. So, you know, that's, that's what I, that's what I, how I separate myself from it. The size, the rare size athleticism combination, and also iron sharpens iron in the right. SEC. Couldn't agree more. Last one for you, and I really appreciate the time. What are you, these? Don't have to be statistical. These don't have to be. These can be as specific as you want. But what are your biggest goals as you approach this 2021 season? What are your goals, and and what are you kind of putting on your putting on your notes app or whatever to try and hit this year? Uh, honestly, just to, you know, for us, just I'm always I talk as it as. I'm talking for all my teammates, so I just, you know, us stay together, you know, uh, go out, play each game one day, at a, one weekend at a time, and, you know, just be great. Hell yeah, man. I really appreciate it. Like I said, thank you so much for the time, and best of luck this season. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Woo! We are back. Traylon Burks was awesome. He is going to be a 
fun to watch player this season for Arkansas. I'm super excited uh, to see where he ends up. This wide receiver class isn't what it was in 2020, but man, it's got some some interesting names. I think Burks is one of them, one of the bigger one of the bigger wide receivers in this class as well. Now down to a mean 225. We're gonna do when we get back on Tuesday. When we record on Tuesday, we're gonna go over our all preseason team for 2021. Talk about some of the just guys beyond the rookies who have played really well this preseason. Also gonna continue to churn out these interviews, man. We got Justin Wilcox from Cal coming on. A lot of exciting stuff here on Tailgate. Until next time, Austin Gale, Mike Renner, Max Chadwick, Mike Quinn, Tailgate. <laughs>